Leaves blaze in oranges and reds. A lone raven flies overhead, cackles a muffled call, and drops a pebble at your feet. Do you pick it up? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Once the hermit thrushes stop singing, the nights get colder, and even the goldenrod flowers die back, it is hard to resist that sense of loss of the beautiful season that is summer in Maine. Fortunately, between the developing fall foliage, the increasingly noticeable night sky, and the new species of mushrooms popping up, there are still natural wonders to pull us happily through this next season. Though it can feel like this is the season of leaving, with the migration away from here of the hummingbirds, warblers, and summer people marking the season, it is also a season of arriving. And while the arrivals are a bit more subtle now compared to in the spring, the harbinger of this arrival season is the larger flocks of dark-eyed juncos. Here in the eastern U.S., dark-eyed juncos are quite easy to identify. They are a type of sparrow, but without the brown streaky appearance of the sparrows that can be so hard to identify from afar. Instead, juncos are dark gray above, especially dark on the face around their pink bill, and white on their bellies. One way to remember this coloration is with the saying, gray skies above, snow on the ground. When flitting away from you at ground level, probably their most identifiable feature is their tail, which is slate gray flanked on either side with pure white feathers. Junko flocks always take me by surprise this time of year. Just when I start thinking that blue jays, ravens, nuthatches, and chickadees are the only birds left for the winter, a noisy flock of juncos descends upon the driveway or plunges into the dense undergrowth of the closest clump of shrubs. That is a bold reminder that so many birds head to Maine for a winter respite from the even colder, darker north like pine siskins and snowy owls. While we do have year-round populations of juncos in Maine, they are joined in the fall by even more juncos who spent the summer breeding season in Canada or the Arctic Circle. So juncos locally are now forming large flocks of up to 25 birds, sometimes including other sparrow species, for the winter. Like winter chickadee flocks, these junco flocks also have a hierarchical structure that clarifies who gets what in which order. The earliest juncos to arrive to the flock tend to rank higher. These seed eaters spend their foraging time primarily on the ground, so you're apt to see or hear them in your periphery where there is good seed potential in the dense undergrowth that can keep them somewhat camouflaged. If you are someone who likes nerding out about evolution, juncos are the species for you. There is wild variability among junco appearance depending on their region. I was used to the dark gray above, white below appearance of juncos here in the east, but when I lived out west, I was completely puzzled by what people were calling dark-eyed juncos. The Oregon subspecies has a black head and rusty body. The red-backed subspecies from the southwest is much paler gray and has a rusty red patch on its back, and there is even more variation in the juveniles or females of any of them. In all, there are six subspecies of dark-eyed juncos specific to different regions across North America, and their ranges even overlap in some areas, so can be found hanging out in the same flocks. But the key characteristics that unite them, besides their DNA, of course, is their stout pink bills and their white outer tail feathers. So the next time you're outside, you can endeavor to identify a junco. This time of year, they're easy to notice as they are flocking up in large groups in a driveway or hedge near you. 
Don't let the migration away from here of so many other species get you down. There are others coming to enjoy the lesser-known bounties of winter on their way. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.